Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes returned to the green market to save Lady Calstare and avert an international incident. The day was saved, but not before shouts proclaiming the death of King Eadred and the sounds of rioting could be heard on the wind. The Cursed Campaign continues now. episode of bestow curse thank god oh it was a rough one a little tense at the end of last episode i think uh i think that's our first real brush a real close brush with death on this show you guys holding up okay well it wasn't your character i guess how you holding up emily (laughs) i was getting so nervous i was looking through my sheet if there was anything else i could pull out to help and thankfully i had that tarot card that I could use because I needed every bit of help that I could get. You're starting to plan a new character, if I recall correctly, too. Yeah. As I was frantically trying to find some way out of this, I was already starting to think of uh, what I could do to fill the same gap and how I could, what I could come back as with a new character. Because I, with my track record on saves, I did not have high hopes for myself. Yeah, and that was tough. Had you not gotten the natural 20, you were on stage two of a six-stage six poison. So, no, or sorry, a six-round poison, but uh had the potential to get worse. Was it a two- or three-stage poison? I know that's usually... It's a three-stage poison yeah. that lasted six rounds. Yeah. However, the damage didn't go up. It was like, it was a D4, stage one, stage two was a D6, and stage three was a D6. But yeah. still, if you fail that and you go to stage three... You're not even done taking damage if you crit succeed. Yeah. So yeah, more mm-hmm. it's tough. That's brutal. That's tough. Yeah. Very dangerous poison. But you guys prevailed and you're kind of thrust into another dangerous situation as some people are pouring through back into the green market, presumably to take shelter. Sylvia's on the ground. However, you've averted this disaster and that's where we find you but before we get there i need to give out a hero point to everyone because uh, this is the refresh episode episode 11 yay so this is from our friend spartan who says in your mind's eye you see a card pulled from a hero deck on this card a dragon encircling and sinking its claws into the world the card fizzles into flame before you and you are filled with a strange sense of purpose Aw, ooh, interesting. Is he a dragon? That's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the world may never know. Mm. We have some people that might be murderers, others that might be dragons, and some that like Old Spice commercials. Very interesting listening base. I really like our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> good people. And we have actual physical tokens, thanks to Chris. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Chris. Yes, yes, yes. I'll have everyone know that these are the uh, PaizoCon 2021 tokens, which means they have a bird on one side. So they're like um, hero bird token points. type. Yeah, thing. sure. Mm. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'll also have the listeners know if you were trying to buy PaizoCon 2021 hero points, Chris is probably the reason that they were sold out. <laughs> I have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all your stock are belong to me. 
So with that, what are you guys doing? Well, I, I can start healing. And also at some point I need to treat disease on Figgy. You have a couple hours for that. I know, but I'll I'll start by reading wounds and then I'll move to treat disease. So who wants uh first go? Well, it can't be Diego because I think it hasn't been an hour yet. I think Sylvie's unconscious, so... Sylvie could really use it. All right, Sylvie. <laughs> Let's just save her on the ground. <laughs> she won't know she was saved for last because she's unconscious. All right. That is successful. Just barely. Oh, jeez. It was... It, uh, you, you don't do damage on a fail, and I okay. can only critically fail with a one, like I did with Diego. I will heal you seven. Thank you. Now, because I was successful, I can do it again. Oh, awesome. If I succeed at your check, you can continue treating the target to, to grant additional healing. Vet could spend this time refocusing if you want to be spamming a... Um... Yes, I do want to do that. However, I also want to know what's going on. If there's people running in here. Could I maybe pull one of them aside and, and ask for a little bit more information? Yeah. You pull a person aside, they look completely flustered. We, we ran from the market to, to get away from the fire, but as we went into the streets, there were uh, there was rioting, mobs. Apparently, King Heodrid is dead. What? I, I think I heard someone shouting that it was the queen who done it. Is that true, or or what? It's it's not clear. I I think it's the people of the city don't want to see Queen Leosa take power. How long ago did this happen? May it, um, I think I saw hippogriffs riding towards the Mastaba. Your guess is as good as mine. I just left the market because of the fire and I've come back in to seek shelter. A burning building's better than what's happening out there. Well, mate, I think you should stay in here. Watch the doors. Watch the windows. Make sure if, if someone looks like they're coming in here to cause trouble, let me or one of my friends know. We'll see if we can't hold them back. Certainly we could we could we could do that. And he would just kind of um, run forward then to the doors uh, and and keep an eye on who's coming in and out. All right. At that point, I, I will refocus. Mir was able to heal Sylvie all the way up. But as she went to go treat wounds on herself, to get rid of those burns. She was unable to do so. She was too distracted by her own burns. So I am still down seven. Okay, I will hit you with the old lifelink, a pittance of healing, but it's something. Diego's down 15. Yeah. All right, I'm going to hit Diego <laughs> with the old lifelink. Maybe hit Mir, and then Mir can risky surgery Diego. Yeah. Try. Has it been an hour? Oh yeah, you did fail. Right. Um, I, well, so at this point, at this point, yeah, it's been because you, you spent twenty okay. minutes healing her. Oh yeah, it I did. Took, <laughs> it took like twenty minutes to I get spent back in. Thirty here. minutes healing her. Yeah. So another ten minutes healing me. So yeah. All right. I will risky surgery this. Awesome. Uh, I got I got four points up there. Okay, so you're only down three, Mir. Okay, that was successful. So that is a critical success. Ooh, how much uh, damage do I take? Five. Okay. But you're still like cutting out like an uh, Ankarev claw from the <laughs> still there, still in there. <laughs> There's just a couple drops of acid that got inside <laughs> your clothes. 18 points of healing. Oh, great! That is basically up for me, up full for me too. 
So, Sylvie, were you healed to full? Yes. Okay, so that 10 minutes, if you would have just rested, you would also remove your wounded condition, I believe. Unless the, does the, just, just, does just the, um, treat wounds heal the heal the wounded if you're yes. either you're either treated wounds or you're healed to full and you wait 10 minutes mm-hmm. do, do you want more healing i'm only down two I, it's fine um if, if you treated me wounds successfully then my wounded condition you spend so much time that could literally yeah, that's fine. have yeah. popped him again okay, okay with the refocus so also i need to treat disease i have to do that before it gets too crazy on the i have never done that <laughs> Okay, it's a medicine check against the DC of the disease. It will give Figgy either a plus two or a plus four when he rolls to save for it in three hours. You or st- in two it hours. It takes now. eight hours to do this. Oh, it takes God, eight hours to treat it disease. does. Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. opening it up so, to read it. Uh, you can, like, do this overnight. Yeah. There's a high likelihood Figgy just resolves the condition. It's like a DC 14. Okay. I am curious, like, with our general knowledge with the situation, we've been taking some time to heal and think and stuff. Do we know the general differences between how the public views the king versus the queen? That'd be a society check. Sylvie, brought back from the brink of death. Sylvie, wake up. We've got questions for you. We have news for you. You need to give us answers. What do you know about them? It's been months. The queen is dead. <laughs> the king's dead. She is so confused with how, yeah, how long she was out for. Oh, and she is sharp as attack. That is a natural 20 for a 25. Yeah. Here's what you know. Corvosa's newish queen was born Iliosa Arvani in the Chelish city of West Crown. Most expected her to marry into more powerful Chelish nobility, yet she scandalized her family by abandoning Cheliax and sailing to the city of Corvosa. As a politically savvy aristocrat, Iliosa learned much about Eadrid II's tastes and desires before she arrived. When she presented herself to him, she was able to coax him into falling in love immediately. The two were wed after a scandalously short courtship, and perhaps the most shocking move of all, Eadrid II spurned his numerous previous lovers in favor of his new queen. Barely 17 years old when she took Eadrid II's side, Queen Iliosa has managed a minor miracle in the past several years. She's single-handedly shifted the citizens' dislike and disapproval away from King Eadrid II to herself with her open distaste for Corvosa, a city she's been heard to call a backwater colonial village more than once. Why did she want to come here? Yeah. Mm. Like, she did a lot of bad things in order to get here. Yet she hates it. And now her true love is dead. (laughs) Sucks for her. She must be so sad. That's good insight. Huh. However, you haven't looked outside to see like what the situation actually is. You're just hearing from the people that managed to make it in before the crowd shoved the doors shut. I'm assuming while we've also been doing this, can we check the would-be assassin's body? See if there's anything else on her that might give us clues or details. And the gross grotus dude, too, I guess. Yeah. No, thanks. I don't want to touch him. Mm-hmm. Who's touching the gross grotus, dude? Figgy might as well. No. Figgy might as well grab the stuff off the body. All right, let's see. Uh, She has leather armor, a dagger, a short sword, and ten shurikens. She also has a scroll tube. It's empty, but it has a family crest on it. I would allow a lore nobility or a society. Uh, Those are going to be the same for me with an eleven. 11, Sylvie, you don't recognize the crest. Shucks. 
I can't imagine she would, she would slip up. It's like leaving your driver's license on you while you like commit a crime or rob a bank or something, you know? She might have stolen it from somebody. But it would be another lead to like follow up on. So I think it would be good yeah. to take the scroll tube and we can try to figure it out. For sure. Should we poke our heads outside, see what the situation is? Uh, well, before you do that, Lady Calstair would thank you profusely for averting her uh, demise. Uh, she would take the necklace off from around her neck and offer it to you. I'm sorry, I don't carry. Uh, I, I didn't bring much in the way of loose change, as I was promised free samples at the market. Uh, however, I do have um, this Talden heirloom. I'd like to offer it to you for for your trouble. I heard a bit about uh, the hubbub at the Frisky Unicorn and want to offer my apologies as well. The breakfast I did have was delightful. Uh, I have paid Mr. Cadmian back the money he spent on you, and I do appreciate you um, reprimanding my help. Well, miss, I'm, I was obviously displeased at the way that that shook out, but I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you made things right. Thank you. And, and I sincerely do mean that. You uh, you take a look at this necklace. It's worth 30 gold. Dang. Ooh. Wow. Peeking outside. Yes. You would see that the crowd has dispersed from directly next to the green market. It seems the walls on the outside have scorch marks, but the building didn't catch. You see signs of struggle all in front of the market as if some big fight took place right here. Overhead, flocks of hippogriffs and their riders are flying to and from the castle and also to numerous stacks, plumes of smoke rising from all parts of the city. You see a hippogriff, a wounded one, just crash down into a statue and the rider is pulped on impact. There is, you hear the sounds of combat, swords against swords, and even the sounds of like arcane magic blasting. And you see around the grand summoning tower of the academy up on the hill, just these flashes of magic as people are cut down at the gates. The sky has darkened from the smoke, choking the air. And Whoa. through it all continues that column, that plume from Castle Corvosa. I think it's safe to say whatever we were trying to accomplish tonight has been completed. I, I must admit, I am a bit worried about my grandfather back home. The city's going to hell, and I don't want him to be alone. There is so much chaos here. It must have spread so far by now. I am also worried of my family. They are not able to take care of themselves as I am. I don't know how the mob feels about Shawanti or others outside the city, but I do fear for my friends and companions at this time, too. I'm quite worried both about my mom and about my own business. If this one almost got set fire, I'm a little worried about the slums. 
Yeah, I imagine they're worse off than we are here. What do you do? I don't know. On, a, on another note, I'm like a little bit worried about Diego and Sylvie because, well, I guess Sylvie's at least, no, is she? she's not close to here. She's close to Frisky Unicorn, but not the Green Market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's equidistant from the Green Market as you are. Yeah, I get that. I just so think she'd be like, going through Midlands, which is where you already earlier today started to see fires. Exactly my concern. And like she would be traveling by herself. And Diego, I know, has probably the furthest distance. Yeah, Diego would have to go through the entire city. Which is like side. also a huge concern because you guys would travel essentially by yourselves through the street. Yeah. You have had lots of very bad interactions, Diego, with various nefarious people. I don't think it's safe for you. Yeah, honestly, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Mir, after looking around and, and thinking and after we've all expressed our own fears, I don't think that we should be splitting up. I know you're worried about your grandfather, but maybe we check. I just don't think that we should be traveling separate. I, I know there's wisdom in those words, but it's very tough for me. He he can barely handle himself on a regular day. He's a very elderly gentleman. He's probably scared out of his mind right now. It, it kills me to be here, not there. I'm not saying no. I, I, I truly am not, but I don't know what the right decision to make is. It may not be safe for me to cross town, but it's definitely not safe for him to be where he is by himself. I don't know. You and I are both heading in the same direction. At least we'll be together. But Diego, Sylvie, are you sure you want to go back home? I'm worried about whether you'll make it, especially you, Diego. As my, my heart lies with my friends and those that I, I'm not sure what their fates are, but I hear your words, I... I may have to stay here and weather this out before I before I head to them. Right, mate. There are many streets in between where I need to be and where I am right now that are probably hostile to me, but at least I look like I fit in. Not trying to ruffle your fur or anything, but I don't know if there's any safe street for you in the city right now. I'd say I'm not feeling quite good about it myself. <laughs> I'd prefer to be with someone. My kind's not real accepted. Sylvie, you've been quiet. I am trying to weigh my options. I am fairly skilled with sneaking in the shadows and not being seen when I do not want to be. But in this chaos, I don't know if there is truly anywhere to hide. Would it, would it be outrageous for us all to travel around to the different place we need to be? Or would that take way too much time? We'd go in and like, oh, you are oh, all the way across. Yeah, I, I don't think I could, but like to everyone else, I don't know. So the issue, I think, is that if you look at a map of Corvosa, you're headed in somewhat of the same direction, everyone but Diego. So the Heights and Eadred Isle, or Old Corvosa, are separated mm-hmm. by the Narrows. Mm-hmm. And so you could potentially, as a group, head to the Heights and head to the to Eadred Isle. But the caveat would be, whatever your order you're doing that in, you're reducing your number. If you're dropping people off. Maybe we escort Sylvie first. And then I've said it before and I'll say it again. Diego, you're always welcome to stay. I see little other options until this all dies down. So you head to the heights and you see something. Those of you in Corvosa have maybe only witnessed a couple times. Whizzing and popping in the air as hundreds of imps and hundreds of pseudo dragons clash and it almost looks like lightning 
in the clouds as they fight. You stick to the shadows, stick to the back ways, and you reach the part of the heights that splits from the heights proper to Eadred Isle. Three of you look like you don't belong in the heights. Absolutely. And it is a bit quiet. Before everyone splits off, Sylvie does offer, if anyone wants to stay with my, me and my family, we will make room. In all of this chaos, there is no way they will not let you stay. I appreciate the offer, I promise I do, but I think my die has been cast. I'm, I'm going home tonight, but your graciousness has not been lost on me. I appreciate the offer, but I know I'm not usually welcome, and I don't want to put up with that. Well, I know my business is likely going to be a target if anybody wants to go after it. Nobody wants a half-orc on in anything. If I'm not able to go to what passes for home tonight, the, the least I can do is see these two as well back to where they are. I, I'll head with them. When all of this dies down, I will come back to your shop and we can continue on the path we are on. We are not done yet. There's a small string outside my shop. Don't knock. Use that. I will. And so you split. Sylvie, you're only a few streets from home. Make me a stealth check. 19. With a 19, you hang in the shadow of an awning of a cafe, and you see a group of people that certainly look like they don't belong in the heights with torches, and they're going building to building. They're about three buildings away from you and busting in the windows and setting things ablaze. And then torchlight flickers closer and into your shadow and you're noticed. And I think what they notice first is the fancy family crest on your shirt. Yep. Oh, fancy lady. Come on over here. We, we ain't trying to hurt you. I do not want any trouble with you. I promise I will not hurt you either. <laughs> but you got a lot of shiny objects on you. Hand them over. There won't be any trouble. I'm sure you have found more than you can carry already on your pillage through this town. They begin to approach. They're about 15 feet in front of you, and instead of a group, they kind of spread out, blocking the street. God, this is such a real fear. Like, these are horrible. Sylvie, from behind you, you hear kind of a and then a thud and then a shing of a blade. Oh no. And a man puts a hand on your shoulder. The city's in danger. You shouldn't be out alone tonight. And he calls forth to the men. Eight against one. This wouldn't be a fair fight for you. I'm taking notes here. Crowd notices Sylvie. A man shows up to protect her. Batman? <laughs> Sylvie, make me a society check. I really like that Batman exists. <laughs> Saving the day. I wonder if this is our boy Blackjack. Uh, that is a 14 society. This is Blackjack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he kind of cracks his neck and strides a few strides forward. One of the men with a torch runs at him. He kind of just ducks low and shoulders the guy over him. He's making a show of hitting these guys with the blunt of his rapier. Mm. And then he sheathes it, pulls out a small dagger. If one of you can touch me, then I'll let you beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and the other four men descend on him, and he just, like, disarms them with a flick of a knife. He turns back to you. 
You better hurry on home. Thank you for rescuing me. I will not forget this. Stay safe. You know, you have a pretty good stance. I bet you could have taken four of them. I have been well trained. It would have been a challenge to take them all on. Maybe in time, I could probably learn a few things, like you. Make sure you stay inside. This isn't going to go well for the heights. That is why I am here. I need to protect my family. They have done so much for me. I must repay them. From a quick sheath, he pops a grappling hook attached to rope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Tosses it up to the roof and climbs out of sight. If his catchphrase isn't, hit me, I don't know what he's (laughs) doing with his life. (laughs) That's so good. Oh, that is amazing. Uh, Sylvie is going to rush as fast as she can back home. The rest of you cross the narrows of St. Alika, fully exposed on a bridge, and it's just the, the sound difference is wild. The streets are just full in old Corvosa of people, like screams of agony. Oh, Mir turns to Diego. It's gonna be a long night. You're gonna stay upstairs. I'll be downstairs working. Shop will be open. Don't come down. Fine by me. You head to old docks to drop Vec off first, although you are both there and you pass Jagare's jug, windows knocked out, casks spilled and drank. That pisses Vec off. <laughs> a spot. You hear from two, three stories up. Vic, is that you? Trinia, are you okay? Shh. You best get up to the shingles. There's a blockade. Uh, wh- whereabouts at? About three blocks on, there's a bl- blockade. It's not going to be good for anyone. Anyone trying to walk? Is, uh, do I need to go further than three blocks? <laughs> uh, at least Diego and Mir do. Uh, and I think you do too. Okay. I think you're not necessarily that close to Jagari's jug. All right. Mia, Diego, Mia, you may have seen a little bit of this, but we're about to get into some real unpleasant business. The higher you go, the worse this city gets. And we're going high, because we are not handling these streets anymore. Trinia will be right up. And you climb the various ropes and steps to the shingles, the largest shanty in Corvosa, and you get a vantage point on the streets ablaze. But there's lots of shadows here, plenty of places to hide and not enough space for people to group up. You can easily make it building to building. Over rooftops? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is Trinia alone? Yeah. Trinia, I, I'm glad you found us. We're all going back to our own respective establishments. I'm going back to my apartment. If you're all by yourself... I I want you to come with me. It'll be safe tonight. You'll meet my grandfather. He's a great man. (laughs) Do your house have have a door? Have a lock? We got a door. Got stuff I can pile behind the door. But my grandpa can't move. He's elderly. I don't have much of an option, and I'm not leaving him. Listen, Vec, food's gonna be an issue. They're already saying, I'll grab what I can from my house, and it'll come with you. You and your grandfather are gonna need it. Thank you. If, If this... Lasts more than a night or two. We can make alternate plans. I, I know. I We just need to wait it out in the short term and see if this all blows over. It looks bad. I know it does. But perhaps there's a light on the other side of this. We can wait it out. She would gather what meager belongings she has, along with all of the food in her shack. It looks like she lives in the shingles. 
Uh, so she's relatively relieved to be staying in something that's not a shack. Alright, but my place is not that much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. You make your way to Vec's house. You're able to drop him off. Before you all go, Vec gives you both like a, a hearty handshake and a clap on the back. Like, thank you for accompanying me this far. Believe me, like I said to Sylvie, I, I, I sincerely appreciate all you've gone through today for me and for what we've been trying to accomplish. I understand you want to get back to your shop, Mia and Diego, you're going to stay with her. I will extend you the same courtesy that Sylvie extended me. If you would like to stay here tonight, you are more than welcome. We're going to be better at our shop. This isn't something I'm not that surprised by, I guess. I've seen my fair share of disaster. I won't argue with that. I'll just say if you make it there and things aren't looking good, or lo and behold, there is no more shop, you come right back, okay? Hopefully there is. I at least have a lock. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen disaster this level before, but I do hope that we can regroup again after this. Stay safe, Vec. Thank you, Diego. Just like Sylvie, I'll meet you at the shop as soon as I'm able. All right, Trinia, now you got someone to meet. It's my grandfather. (laughs) Vecchi, is that you? Hi, it's me, (laughs) Grandpops. What's going on outside? People are a little riled up. I'm hoping it'll all blow over soon. But I bought a friend because she was feeling a little worried. Don't be surprised. Vecchi, you dog, you're too young to be dating. All right, now now you watch it. (laughs) And the door shuts. (laughs) And they're like arguing with each other already. And you can hear it through the door. (laughs) Mir, you know the shingles don't extend above your shop. No, they don't. And so about two blocks before you get there, you and Diego have to get back to street level. It's weirdly quiet out here by the water. And in the meager torchlight of Blossom Way, you see three figures standing in front of your shop. Oi, who goes there? Are you talking to me while you're outside my shop? Is that Miss Bogan? Aye. The man yelling out at you steps into the light. Divago sent us to keep an eye on your shop. In trouble tonight. I thought he might. It's going to be open all night. Tell him to send whoever needs help. He also told me to tell you might be safer to stay out on the docks tonight. He's got a place for you at Eel's End, if you'll take it. Is he offering the same to my friend? Certainly would be. Don't see why not. He looks the hearty bunch. We could use all the muscle we have to keep the dock safe. But right now, there's no looting or robbing or mobs at the dock. Everything's hold up tight on Eel's End. I've kept fresh supplies in the house. Should we keep them? Or should we board up the shop and have it as a reserve? I don't know, you're the doctor, whatever you think's best. He said if you if you refused and you wanted to stay here, we'd have to keep an eye on it. We're happy to do so if that's the case too. So when Lamb destroyed Mir and like ransacked Mir's business the first time, she has made it her own personal mission to make sure she was stocked in case anything damaged so badly downstairs that she couldn't make money for a while. So she has like a small supply of food and rations and the various potted plants that she has that she keeps earthworms in, which (laughs) she's had. They're not just regular plants. They're like, she would be, those would be specifically like herbal plants, plants for teas, plants for medicine and stuff. So like she's made, essentially she's, she knows she lives in a bad area and she's 
not a well-desired person to be in this area, so she's trying to make preparations. But I don't think I can pass something like this up, since I, if if she's going to be healing people later, she's going to need. Those are the people she's probably going to need to heal, anyways. But she might want to gather some of those supplies, and she would ask Diego to come with her. So uh, I think that's kind of the best move. But I wanted to like guys all in on that little insight. Well, and you have a treasure trove of things. Yeah. In mm-hmm. your shop. Yes, we do. So I think that's where she's not a very sly person, but she does think she needs to make a little bit of a distraction for the treasure stuff. So I think we're going to have to stay in Eel's End. I think I'll do better and more good there. So I'm going to need some help. I've got some potted plants, herbs, good for healing. I'll need people to help carry them. I know it's emergency, but those are going to be useful. I've also got some food supplies. I'm hoping Diego can help me carry food supplies and some basic necessities. If you guys can carry my plants, I think that'll get us set up in case anyone's hurt. All right. I mean, it's just across the way. It's the dock, so we're happy to help. The plants are also food for Figgy. Yeah, it's fine. You know how much Devargo likes uh, uh, Figgy. So I've got two large potted plants. So if two of you could grab those and one watch, stay out and watch and then Diego and I will pack up the rest. And so then Mir would go inside and make sure that she brings Diego upstairs to like where her lodgings are and immediately give him one of the plants and she would take a plant and take it downstairs to like basically have them hand it off so that they get out of the building faster. And then as soon as that door shuts, cause she'll say, she'll like give it to them and say, now we'll pack up supplies. It'll just be a minute, and she'll turn to Diego and say, We've got to grab a sack, even if it's a pillowcase, and shove that treasure in it, and then cover it in with any of my supplies I've got. I've got some old medical supplies we can cover it with, and I've got some rations and some other food I've been stockpiling a little bit. We've got to cover it, but I don't want to leave it here. Sounds good. So we do that, and we grab everything we need to bring it over? Yep. Okay. And then I lock up my shop. And hope for the best. My one concern is, I don't know how Sylvie's or Becca's going to find us. <laughs> I would suggest leaving a note. I might leave a note, but I don't want to leave it on the door. Mm. So I would need to leave it inside the shop. I don't feel comfortable mm. leaving it on the door because I, that's, I feel like that's a recipe for, oh, we know this is for sure abandoned. That's a very fair point. In any sort of looting situation, I don't want that. So I will, yeah, I'll scrawl on like... A little piece of uh, like a notepad and I will put it on one of my barber chairs. Well, you said to like, I guess you could you you tuck to it ring, into the draw cord. Yeah, to ring the string. I guess, so yeah, they would go yeah, for that. that makes sense. Yeah. I, I could do that. I will fold it up carefully and tuck it into the knot. Yeah, perfect. Hopefully uh, Sylvie's perception's decent. <laughs> <laughs> She's gone! <laughs> I guess I'll never see her again. Yeah, I know Vex's not gonna find it. So. No way, no how. <laughs> Sylvie's got an okay chance. We'll have to see. All right. We all ready to go then? Yep. Hands full, ready to go. You cross the dock to Eel's End, and there are men manning it. Several guards. Divago said you could stay on his ship. He's got spare rooms. He was saying if, uh, if you decided to come to Eel's End, that he... Um, he was going to need uh, your assistance with something, so you might want to talk to him. 
is the first place I want to be heading. So long as we can get everything set up and placed in my room, at least, then I'll I'll talk to him immediately. Okay. Everything feels very tense. You're right. This is a very real fear. Like honestly, we put on a gothic horror AP, and I've been more scared this episode than in a long time on the other show. Like, this is a very uh, relatable. It is. Fear. It's a very relatable fear because it happens. Societal collapse. I was going to say, I mean, a, a year ago, I was getting urgent alerts that there were riots in like less than a mile from my house. Mm-hmm. Sylvie, you make it home exhausted. The gate around your home has been locked. Go ahead and make me an athletics. Ten. You attempt to climb the gate. Uh, don't get your footing the first time, but then you remember exactly where to go and you get over the locked gate and make it home. And your family is relieved that you've come back. And they are all safe? Yep. You, after, you know, embracing your family and maybe even discussing the day's events, head to your bedroom. Your eyes grow heavy as you drift off to sleep peacefully for once amid all of the craziness. Sylvie has a simple but comfortable room filled with warm but sturdy furniture. Most of her space is occupied by her cluttered desk and bookshelves. Safe in her room, she sleeps soundly on her back until her eyes flutter open. She stares directly up at the ceiling, not sure why she's awake. Her room is dark, but she's still able to see, thinking to herself, Is it already time to get up? She tries to roll over to look out her window, but she doesn't move. She can't move. Her body feels disconnected from her mind. She tries in vain to wiggle even a pinky finger. Adrenaline sharpens her mind as she becomes aware of a heavy weight on her chest. Her eyes strain to survey the room. She notices out of the corner of her eye something extending from her chest. What looks like a spindly arm connected to a cloaked figure. Her heart and mind racing, Sylvie says to herself, This must be withdrawal from Shiva, but how could it still have a hold on me? My body just needs to wake up. Attempts to blink away the vision are unproductive. Pressure builds on her chest, making it difficult to breathe as the cloaked figure leans in. The figure whispers in a dreamy voice, You have grown so much, my caterpillar, but you have so far to go. You are part of a world you do not belong to and that does not deserve you. Do not force yourself into it. Follow your inner moonlight. Ask questions, for answers alone bring no illumination. Sylvie's vision starts to narrow as the weight on her chest becomes too great to draw a breath. The figure leans in, ever closer, now hovering over Sylvie. Embrace what I have given you. Sylvie catches a glimpse of the cloaked figure's face. She stares directly into the vibrant violet eyes of this cloaked woman, the same shade as her own. The woman kisses Sylvie's forehead. Rest now, my caterpillar. Metamorphosis awaits you. Sylvie's vision goes black. An instant later, she jolts upright, breathing heavily. She looks around her room for the woman, but sees none. The room looks exactly as it did when she first fell asleep. She looks over her bookshelf, filled with arcane books and occult knickknacks, and sees one of the books pull itself off the shelf and open and a few pages flip. The flitting of wings, and then a depression on the bed. 
as Sazaran becomes visible. You having a bad dream or something? It was more than just a bad dream. I could not move. I could not breathe. I've heard of those kind of dreams, but devils don't get to dream. Although sometimes I think I had a dream once, but then I got stuck here. But hey, I'm with you, kid. How many of these books have you read? Not as many as I should have. I have made a good dent in them, though. There are some that may interest you. I bet. Maybe you should get reading, though. I think they might be more useful than you let on. I always thought it was a useless hobby, but there is no mistaking. I've always felt quite drawn to them. Maybe now more than ever. Sazzy kind of stares at you, and you notice that he has your heterochromia too. Oh. <laughs> One of his eyes is blue, and the other is blood red. Guess I am updating who I shipped Sylvie with. (laughs) I think with your help, I could learn much from these books. I think we then turn to another dreamer, or at least Diego, deep in meditation. The rocking of the ship against the dock on Eel's End, somewhat soothing. And he lets his mind stop wandering and sees himself at Trail's End, sees himself with Thousand Bones. And Thousand Bones sits in meditation as well, both their eyes open at the same time. My son, it is only through dreams that I can reach you this far. It is good to see that you have fared well through this turmoil. I have I have come some way, yes, but there is still so much I do not understand. There I have been placed here, but for what and to do what, I I don't know. There's all this world is so different now. Everything's been overturned. Do not fear. Cities have survived the change in power before, and we will continue our mission to bring peace between our people and Corvosa. Leadership matters little in the hearts of the people. It will be some time. Before you are able to cross the city again to see us. I I feel adrift as if, if I'm I'm floating away out of my control. I I just if I could only find a purpose, I would if I knew what that was, I'd feel better, but still feel lost. And at this point Diego reaches out and Thousand Bones just ripples and dissipates and the wind whips through Diego's hair as he's now reaching not out, but down on the edge of a cliff. His hand, no longer a paw, but a man's hand. And a young Shuanti man has one hand on a branch and the other, he reaches out to Diego's hand to grasp it. The tips of their fingers brush and the man falls and he shouts out, Brother! And Diego wakes with a start from his meditative state. Mir, you said you wanted to talk to DeVargo. Absolutely. DeVargo is in his chambers, pacing in front of the throne of spiders. Mir, it is is good that you've decided to join us on Eel's End. I worried for your shop. Thank you for the protection. 
I knew you'd keep me safe. Listen, we can still have some of my men patrol. We're trying to keep the neighborhood safe. Thank you greatly. I've been having an issue. Uh, Something that I think you might be able to help me with. Do you need me to help or heal someone? I do not believe the healing is physical healing that needs done. But something about all this turmoil. Well, I've... You know they call me the King of Spiders. I... But you've never asked me how I can do this. How I can control the spiders in my ship. It never seemed important. You were always helping me anyways. He puts a hand out. If you shake my hand, we will be associates. Not just friends. But by doing this, I will know I can trust you with what I need to show you. It's been a long time. And I've trusted you so far because you haven't shown me wrong. And you've done nothing but support me. All in exchange for the healing that I do for your men. I will become your associate without question. And she's going to put her hand out and shake. He would lead you down a trap door behind his throne of spiders. To the bilges of his ship at the end of Eel's End. He calls out into the darkness... Mulishka, it's okay. I've brought a friend, and I think you and her might get along. Did you bring the figgy? Where is he? Figgy is always behind me. <laughs> uh, Mulishka, do not be afraid of the figgy either. Um, and he would light a lantern that's kind of hanging from the ceiling. And when the light illuminates the room... You see better than your dark vision could show you just the rainbow of threads of a huge spider's web. And sitting in the center of the web is a Mwangi girl, no older than 10. Oh man, Griffin. That's not what I expected. And she is frightened when she sees new people and... Uh, and Avargo would kind of put his hand out in front of you. Do not be afraid. And the little girl loses control of her form and she morphs into a spider. Anandi. And skitters into the web. She has been having more and more trouble with staying in one form or another. I know you're connected to nature. You might be able to help her. It is a long story how I've come to find Malishka, but I will tell you at some point. She is how I have become the king of spiders. I take care of her, and right now I cannot do everything I need to do for her. I see now how how and why you're so kind and caring to the children and to Figgy, but I've got to ask. Is she here willingly? She is here willingly. Although, when I found her, there wasn't much of a place to go. I was afraid when I found her in a cargo ship from the Mwangi that someone here might kill a badger-sized spider. She has gotten better at keeping her form, but we do not feel comfortable taking her into public. I was thinking that with the turmoil, I might be forced to leave this ship. 
It's not seaworthy. I can't take her with me. If she can't stay a little girl, it'll put her in too much danger. I need you to help her. Of course I'll help her. And if you can't stay for some reason, I'll set up an area for her. I can't let a girl just free on the streets. It's not that. I would never leave her. But you've seen what's happening to this city. It may not be safe for any of us. I'm going to try to keep Eel's End as safe as I possibly can. But if I can no longer keep Eel's End safe, there will no longer be an Eel's End. I'll take care of her while you take care of Eel's End. In the meantime, if you need help protecting it and protecting Eel's End and and you need maybe a little bit more muscle, I can talk to my friend and see if maybe he'll help. But I'll do whatever I can for this little girl. I appreciate that, Mir. I was hoping the best of you, and I wasn't disappointed. And then we fade in on Mr. Vicaris Ralby in his apartment with Trinia Sabor and his grandfather. Vec, tonight is the worst night. There's no sleep. You have been piling everything, all of your personal belongings up against the door as slams from people outside trying to get in echo on the bare walls. Your grandfather spent the first two hours panicked before he just kind of went into a daze, maybe a slumber. Trini is terrified. And before long, something has to give. She looks at you incredulously as you start tearing the things in front of the door away. And the bang continues. You tear more of your objects away from the front of the door removing the barricade entirely. And we see that trademark wind start to pick up around Vec Relby as his eyes go pupilless. And we see down his arm cascading from the covered up tattoo, this bright white light that coalesces into holy symbols down his arms. If you were a religious scholar, you could make out some of them, but others are ancient or lost. The wind picks up and the door slams open. And Vec arcs back and pulses this wave of energy in front of him. The people outside the door are knocked back. And then it just seems as if the power that he just released sucks back into him. The door slams shut and he collapses in front of it. Vec, the next thing you see is Trinia kind of holding your head up. All of the sound has stopped. All of the noise, all of the violence outside has stopped. It feels as if you're in your own personal sanctuary. Trinia, what happened? I can't say rightly now. You got up, you blew away everyone that was at the door. I can't... I can't really tell. What are you, Vicaris Relby? They, they had to go. They had to leave. But to answer your question, I truly do not know. I don't know. And I hope that scares you as much as it scares me. Because I'm terrified. And with that, I think we need to talk about what your characters are doing in the intervening couple of days. As you've all leveled up. Yeah. yeah! So why don't we start with Sylvie? Sylvie is spending a lot of time reading 
her books. She has a lot of books on arcane magic and she's connecting with them more now than she ever has before. Uh, So she actually starts to uh, be able to understand the magic and is actually gains spellcasting ability. Oh. Wow. All that residual academy magic on the imp. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, so she's spending a lot of time uh, working with her arcane magic, and I'm sure she has a little bit of time to uh, do some tinkering and a little bit of crafting to improve her crafting skill. Nice. Should we go over some details about, like, actual level yeah okay so her spell casting doesn't come from a traditional like wizard arcane source it's actually witch nice so i took the witch dedication she's the rune patron so she has access to arcane spells and gains a familiar who we have all met already the patron we've potentially just met just now too maybe maybe who's to know Ooh, whoops, whoops <laughs> among us. Diego, those around you would have trouble. You see, for the past day or so, everywhere you go, you leave this like after image. It's like blurred until finally one night that after image separates from you and looks back at you and you recognize the face looking back at you. It's the man you reached out to in your meditations. And when you like move your arm, he moves it like mirrored to you. But then he seems to like realize himself and he looks at you. Brother, what is this place? I know not what source or method brings you here. But I see you as a as an image, as a manifestation on Galarian on the material plane. For these lands you've once seen yourself. He would look around. Are we on a ship? We are. It does not sail. It is docked in a city. City that our people once knew, but no longer no longer do. He looks with kind of a purpose. And you see the direction he points is right towards the Grand Mastaba. Yes, I have seen this place before, although it is not familiar to me. Our people, they've shown it to me in dreams. The Grand Mastaba, brother, it is our responsibility. I find myself here, not of my own accord, but or a purpose I do not yet understand. And now you are here as well. Perhaps this is for a reason. I am comforted by your appearance, though I know not of what you've seen or what you've experienced or what is to come. I, I feel better with you by my side. He puts his hand on your shoulder and you feel it. Brother, it was not your fault. And then he kind of fades. Wow. Okay. So tell us about your level up. Well, so Diego has has taken a step towards the occult. He has taken the summoner dedication and the the person manifested before him is an Eidolon, a phantom Eidolon. Awesome. Ooh. 
Yeah. In addition, I see him spending some time defending Eel's End and 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 acting as muscle for it in this in this time, scaring away people who would come to seek to pillage or loot. So he's also gained the raging intimidation nice. feat. All right. He's able to intimidate. Perhaps the scrambling and running around uh, all over the, the the ship and the docks and the, and, and everywhere has, has earned him a degree of flexibility, too. He has the, the quick jump feet. Jump, jumping uh, from a boat to dock back to boat. <laughs> yes. He's 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 uh, gotten better at it now. And, uh, of course, picked up some occultism skill with uh, commuting with his Eidolon and maybe a little bit of uh, medicine with watching over Mir as well. Speaking of Mir, how does Mir spend this time? Mir's in the thick of it. So while Diego's been defending Il's End, anybody who wasn't able to be defended or was found on the streets and comes back to Il's End, she's healing as well as she's spending a significant amount of time down in the bilge and then probably a significant amount of time privately with Devargo talking through plans and like where things are falling and what like who all has been hurt and who all is currently in the process of being healed who all is like good to go and where Malishka is and, and how, how that's happening because she's going to be spending a significant amount of time with Malishka and um, down in the bilge and so she'll be basically splitting her time between down with Malishka and then also up and healing those who have been coming in so she's just uh, like a hundred percent on eel's end and i don't know if she really leaves devargo's specifically devargo's boat right because it's like a, mm-hmm. a whole supply of multiple boats like attached to yeah dock, there's right? five ships and devargo's is the biggest on the end yeah so i don't know how often she actually even leaves devargo's ship unless it's an emergency to go heal someone who's on the dock and isn't gonna make it to the ship i don't know how often she really leaves Devargo's ship. I think that's kind of where she lands, and so she's just there, and she is down in the village, and she's back up and, and talking to Devargo, and then she's healing someone who comes in and is hurt um, from whatever's happening. She's occasionally checking in on how is her shop doing, like on the guards who are on rotation, and with all of that, she spent a lot of time with maybe the seedier characters as she's taken a step towards rogue. So she has the rogue dedication now. Ooh. Yeah. Has some skills in thievery and stealth. Um, has the ability to surprise attack. So anyone who hasn't acted is flat-footed to me. If I use deception or stealth for initiative, which is fun. In addition, there's they're kind of tricksy people. So she has learned how to trick magic item because they are at least inventive on Eel's end. <laughs> And then the other thing, because of all of her experience back and forth, trying to like heal people nonstop, she's learned battle medicine. Um, and then with her significant amount of time in the bilge and then in the water and in the wet, and she's just gotten so used to that. And it's as she's continuing to learn how to progress in that kind of wet and watery environment, she's actually um, taken another order so she has the feet order explorer for uh druid which means she has gained the feet shore step so i now ignore all difficult terrain from shallow water and i am significantly better at maintaining any sort of balance on some slippery wet surfaces and 
um, swimming. Nice. What order is that from? The wave order. Secrets of Magic. Little Secrets of Magic. <laughs> yeah. I heard some Secrets of Magic over there, too. A lot of Secrets of Magic going around. How about Vec? What's Vec doing? Sure. So I imagine over the next several days, if the situation outside doesn't make, doesn't get any better, um, it's kind of like Relby residents under siege, right? Maybe no one's banging down on the door anymore because he blasted them all away, but there's still stuff piled up against the door. Uh, him and Trinia and his grandfather are trying to be quiet. They're probably getting to the point where they're running low on rations and the stuff that they need to survive. And he's getting more and more and more paranoid and worried. And he's listening at the door and he's taking peeks outside. But this is really starting to wear on him. Um, over the course of the next couple days, he has not had ready access to his barber. So, oh, no. So his hair is growing and he has his his five o'clock shadow is starting to transition over to like almost half a beard. So he takes it upon himself to pull out his dagger in this little cracked mirror that he has. He sets up the mirror and he tries to shave and he does a pretty bad job. And in fact, he cuts himself a little bit. And when he does, he clasps his hand over that cut and when just out of reflex, and when he removes that hand, there's no there's no cut anymore. He's all fixed, but he's not happy about that. He looks at himself in the mirror, takes a closer look at where the cut and even the scar should be, and he just goes, son of a bitch. What I did on my level up was um, a little bit of the odd man out here. I did not take a class dedication like the rest of you all. I took a Bonafide archetype. I took the blessed one archetype. Oh, nice. Yes. So what this effectively gives Vec is lay on hands like a paladin. Yep. Additionally, this gels really well with the class feat that I took at second level for Oracle reach spell. (laughs) So I can lay on hands from a distance. It's a focus spell. So Um, Action, it's going to be a little tight, kind of balancing that and some of my other stuff, but I think it's going to be really interesting. I think the other thing that is exciting, and I don't know a good way to flavor this in, but as a skill feat at second level, I took Intimidating Glare, so I can intimidate people that I don't share a language with without a penalty. Yeah, you just did it at the door. Yeah. But I'm very excited. my archetype doesn't come from Secrets of Magic, but the really cool thing about Oracles is every time you level up, you can do what seems to be basically a full refresh of your spell repertoire. So I did swap out a couple cantrips for brand new Secrets of Magic cantrips that I will save to reveal on air because they're a lot of fun. And uh, my level one spells got a little bit of a refresh too, but honestly, I'm probably just going to use those spell slots to cast heal again. Let's be real. <laughs> Well, Battle medicine should help. Yeah, definitely. Such a good feat. Well, happy level up, guys. Yay! Yeah! And I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Awesome. Uh, can't, can't wait to play with the new Yay. abilities. Can't wait to level two play again. <laughs> Oof. The Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. 
Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.